guys and welcome back to the newest episode of Muddling Through. We hope you are all well today. It is glorious sunshine here in Edinburgh. It seems to be the same with Antonia and Dundee and we have both been loving a bit of sunbathing. Antonia's burnt her stomach so we're not too happy about that. I've burnt my forehead but you know it's fine. Hopefully it'll turn into tan. Also just realised that I'm definitely advocating burning yourself and it turning into tan. I'm not saying that. Wear factor 50. Wear your sunscreen. I'm so sorry everyone. But today we are here to speak about relationships. Apparently we now think we're absolute relationship gurus because we're both in long-term relationships. Um, but we're here to speak about our own relationships and some stories about us dating and stuff and um, things we have learned about relationships along the way and how to deal with long distance relationships. We're also going to speak a little bit about how to recognise when it's appropriate to leave your relationship as well. So that is what we are in for today. Um, Antonia is particularly nasal today. <laughs> she has very, very extreme Hey Fever, Antonia, would you like to tell us all what you have been up to in the last hour or so? Dying. This is, I think this has been the same case for so many people. This year, this Hay Fever has been horrendous. I was actually Googling it, apparently it's because of climate change. Um, the planet is hotter and consequently there's more pollen and consequently we're all fucked. So clearly we've just ruined the planet and now the planet is ruining us. Which is, you know, fair. Um, but it's been hell. But my friend Charlie decided to send me this TikTok of people shoving garlic up their nose and not pouring out. I don't really watch TikTok, so I just I just gave it a go. It burns to fuck. Agony. The inside of my nose is obviously all smushed up and ruined from the amount of tissues that I have created. But safe to say it does work and bogeys were actually flying at my nose. So yeah, but I wouldn't advocate that for anybody else because Megan's actually told us that doctors have been saying it's quite dangerous. So don't do that. Stick to the tissues. But that is why I am so nasal. Yeah, Antonia sent uh, me and Megan a video of her like snot pouring out her nose when she'd taken <laughs> little bits of garlic out of it. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And she was like, it's for my hay fever. And I was like, oh my good Lord. But honestly, it was one of the funniest videos I have watched in such a long time. But when I say snot was pouring out, like it was <sighs> flowing, like it was dripping everywhere. So at least it worked a little bit, but it's clearly not worked that well because she still sounds like an absolute nasal queen. So we're all just going to have to deal with that today. Yeah, please understand my pain. I'm sure some of you share it. My heavy brothers and sisters. Anyway, um, so first off, we're going to start with some personal stories from us about dating. So Charlotte, um, tell us about your first date. My first ever date, I think I was like 15. And I feel like when you're younger, people always ask if you want to go on like a walk or like if you want to just basically come around to their house. And I went on a walk with this boy and he was like, oh, should we like go for a walk up the hill? And it was like a really, really hot day. And I don't know why I decided I would be really cool. And I wore a white trench coat. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was honestly the most bizarre thing. Like, I arrived and he was like looking at me up and down and like, we're going for a walk like up a hill. <laughs> we were going on like a hike and I was wearing like white trainers with jeans and a long white trench coat. And it was like- she having a trench coat at 15? It was not cool. It was actually from Super Dry and it was actually like creamy white. And I think the buttons were like pink. Like it's probably one of the most disgusting oh. things I've ever owned that sounds um, hideous literally it was not a good time yeah and we went for this like massive walk and i was like 
sweating like sweating so much i think i had like a cable knit jumper on underneath and i was like why <laughs> why have i done this this boy thinks i'm so weird i was like dripping with sweat i was so hot i was also just like so unfit like traipsing up this hill like i'm sorry i do not want to be here and i actually don't think i even spoke to him for like 20 minutes because i was breathless like literally breathless it was not a good time so yeah then i actually learned from then on that whenever i went on a walk with a boy to wear something like a lot more chilled and something that you can actually walk in because my first experience was not a good one but yeah that was my first ever date Antonia what was what was yours I don't even know how old I must have been must have been primary school age and shut up was just I'm sorry. In a recent podcast that we did a while, a while ago on nostalgia, Antonia's first kiss was when she was like five. Your first date was when you were in primary school. No, okay, well, d- define date. Like, obviously, it wasn't like a, an official thing. If you listen to the story, I'm going to tell you that there was other people there. It was okay, chaperoned. Okay. I'm sorry, I just did a really rank sniff. If that picked up on the microphone, I do apologise. Um, so it was me and the boy I was going on a date with. And his older sister and her friend who was my friend's older sister so I've just explained that really badly me my friend the boy I'm going on a date with and their two older sisters okay so it was a squad of us and we went to see Ratatouille actually so that'll tell you when the time was um and when we were like walking in obviously you know that way when you're so young and you're so nervous like everything is just like super intense super nerve-wracking and I was fighting with my friend to be like let me go in the row first so that I can sit next to this guy like let me go and she was like no no like I want to go in first like I want to go in first I was like bitch this is my day this is my day anyway she went in before me and then sat down leaving a gap between her and the boy but then I felt so awkward because like the film was starting that I felt like I couldn't like clamber over her to then sit next to him so I just sat down okay so it was like me my friend gap whole gap seat the boy I was on a date with and it was so fucking awkward and he like paid for my ticket bless out of his pocket money and I just sat the complete opposite side of the cinema and didn't speak Oh no, that's so sad about you. He'd pure saved up. I feel like when you're in primary school as well, you got like ten pounds a month. That will have cost him like three months worth of pocket money or something. <laughs> no, and we're like... so awkward. They actually bullied me about that for years afterwards. Well, I'm not Fair enough. bloody surprised to be honest. The poor <laughs> boy's probably still scarred. Actually, bless him. I hope your first date with Sean was better than that. What did you guys get up to on your first date? Um, well, we actually hadn't properly, like, not met, but, like, we were on the same uni course, and then we got speaking on a night out, and it was right before we came out for summer, so we were, like, texting for four months, but we didn't know each other really at all, so when we went on our date, it was, like, so nerve-wracking, because I really didn't know him, all I knew was from text, and to be honest, before we met our texting, chat was actually shite, like, I actually don't know how we made it to the point of dating, because the chat was actually diabolical, anyway... Why was it so bad? I don't know. Like, I feel like we were both on holiday, like, in summer, kind of doing our own thing. And it wasn't, like, a serious... Like, we weren't, like, speaking, if that makes sense. And, like, we just spoke so much about uni. Like, it was actually really bad. Like, when we look back, we're like, I don't know how we made it at this point because it was shockingly bad. Anyway, we took the plunge and we went on a date. So I went through to Aberdeen in the summer and we met there. And I remember walking through Union Square, like, shitting my pants, like, shitting my pants. And then he was just standing waiting for me, and I was like, die. Um, but it was actually so nice. We just went for dinner to a place in Aberdeen, and then we went for cocktails, and then that was that. But it was funny, because that's the first time that I've had a date where I haven't really, like, known the person really well, so it felt almost like a proper first date, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, that sounds like such like a grown-up version of a first date. Do you know what I mean? I feel like dinner and drinks is just very like, do you know what? It's actually like a little bit classy. Like I know that sounds so <laughs> stupid, but like you can like get quite nice and like dressed up. You're not going on a walk. Like you don't need to be in like trainers and like a hoodie. Like there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But I just feel like that's a very grown-up first date. My first date with Louis was like, I'm not gonna lie, quite awkward that sounds really bad and he's gonna actually be quite upset that i've said that but i was like oh come round to my house my parents drive i think it was like a saturday night or something woohoo what a we night in um but yeah and we sat on either end of my sofa and i'm not joking my sofa used to fit nine people on it so it was huge like it was like a big c-shaped sofa and he sat on one end and i sat on the other end literally i used to sit with my legs proper curled up in a ball like super comfy and i swear i was sitting with my legs planted on the floor looking so uncomfortable and he was as well and it was just so not cool that sounds like my cinema date <laughs> Literally, it was probably akin to your cinema date, but you were 12 and I was like 17. So it actually was just not <laughs> cool. So I'm also quite impressed that we are at the stage we are at now. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was fun, but you know, not necessarily the most amazing first date in the world. I like that you're like, come round, my parents are out. Let's sit on opposite sides of the sofa. <laughs> um, but no, that's so cute plus. I feel like obviously first dates are so nerve wracking, but I actually think introducing them to your parents or meeting their parents is even worse. Oh my God, I totally agree. Although Louis met my parents in a slightly bizarre kind of way. Basically, we had been like seeing each other for like a couple of months, but like he had never been in the house when my parents were there. And I got this message on Facebook from this random girl one time being like, I found your boyfriend, he's asleep on Lothian Road, what should I do with him, like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, I don't really know, like put him in a taxi back to his house. Anyway, he'd sent himself in a taxi to my house at three o'clock in the morning. I honestly swear it was on a school night as well. It was on a Thursday or something. He'd never met my parents and he just invited himself around. I had to come out and like get him out of the taxi and then he proceeded to sleep on my sofa downstairs i was honestly having an absolute freak out i like went and woke my mum up and i was like mum like mum like i need to tell you something and she was like oh my gosh are you pregnant and i was like no like louis asleep on the sofa downstairs and she was like what and i was like um yeah this guy that i'm seeing he, he's he's asleep on the sofa downstairs and she was so confused used honestly it was one of the most <laughs> awkward situations and like my dad came down to go to work in the morning and there's just this random boy that he's never met sleeping on our sofa honestly i was so embarrassed and like louis obviously was like super embarrassed in the end as well and i don't know what my parents must have thought at the start i mean obviously they love him to bits and like they're not judging people so they probably didn't think anything bad but you'd probably be like who is this random boy just sleeping in our house it was honestly so bizarre i love that story so much it's actually outrageous i am really impressed by the recovery that he made from this i would have actually died being him when he actually had to meet your parents properly fuck that literally when he met my parents properly they arranged this like big dinner as well and louis used to be a vegetarian like didn't eat like a lot of meat and my family love steak and we had got out like this big stone thing to like cook all the steaks and everything and like they were buzzing and my mom like came upstairs and was like oh louis um how do you like your steak cooked and he literally looked so blank he was like uh, mm, uh mm. he was like oh just cooked and my mom was like yeah, how do you like it cooked and he was like just you know just cooked all the way through you know just 
cooked and his little face was going <laughs> so bright red because he just didn't know what to say and I was like oh like it's all right Louis doesn't eat that much steak and I was so embarrassed that my parents had made this whole big deal about steak and everything and it was just not a good time but we ended up having a nice dinner and everything was fine so all good in the end. Bless him I wouldn't have known anything about steak at that time either so I feel his pain. Um, I don't really have any interesting stories about that. We both just ended up meeting other people's parents out for tea. Like, his parents were coming through because it was his birthday. Although it was actually quite early. We didn't even go out yet. Do you remember I was a bit like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, okay. I do remember you saying that, actually. You were like, I'm going out for tea with Sean's parents. And I was like, holy shit, it's been like 10 minutes. What's going on? But again, classy dinner out. You guys are just a bunch of classy people. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite early. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, he should probably meet my parents. But I was also like, are we going to start going out yet? Or just keep, you know, meeting people and not putting a label on things. But eventually that happened. Eventually. Emphasis on the eventually. <laughs> Moving on. Um, But yeah, obviously we're both been with our boyfriends for quite a long time. So it's kind of funny to think back at the ways that you were at the beginning of your relationship compared to like the way that you are now. Like, what do you do now that you feel like you wouldn't have done at the beginning? I honestly used to sleep in my makeup. Like, I used to be so self-conscious about like, not wearing makeup. Like, even when we go on a sunny holiday. Like, you know when you want to tan your face, so obviously you don't wear any makeup. I would lather it on and I'd be like sweating through it. It was absolutely disgusting. I don't know why I did that. That makes me so sad that you did that. I literally can't believe that, especially being on holiday, that's so uncomfortable. God, you must have woken up in the morning with like, surely you had shit all over your face, like mascara down your face. Yeah, and also you ruin all your bedding and it's not like they think, oh wow, like she's not wearing any makeup and she looks like so amazing. Like It was so obvious, I was like caked in makeup, it didn't make any sense. He was probably just thinking like, why on earth are you wearing makeup to bed, you weirdo? When, did, when was the first time that you decided to take it off? Because yeah, after all that long time, it would have been like a big thing if he's never seen you without makeup before yeah i honestly think it must have been like at least six months to a year it was quite a way shut up no honestly i literally ruined so many of my sheets like and for what as well because now can everybody build wear makeup imagine wearing makeup to bed now like why would you ever do that I'm shook at your one year line, but also remember watching this documentary about these wives that literally have makeup tattooed on them because they were going to bed with makeup on and getting up and like doing it early so that their husbands wouldn't see them without makeup on so they just get tattooed on them now. Isn't that so sad? That is sad. That is sad. Guys, if you're one of those gals who wears makeup to bed, you don't need to. Your boyfriend loves you for you and take it off because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything funny that you do now that you didn't think you would ever do? Um, I used to be really weird about like bodily functions. I feel like that's been quite a recent thing since like pandemic when we were like living together then. Um, like I remember we went on our first holiday, like sorry if this is TMI, but we went for a week and I literally didn't do a poo the whole time apart from like once when I tried to when we went to a restaurant. But I was like so uncomfortable and so bloated because I was just so nervous because we had like a wee studio thing. I just could not do it. I just felt so hideously uncomfortable. And now I wouldn't think twice about that. Oh my God, I totally feel you on that one. Me and Lou went to Paris like maybe three years ago or something. Um, Like same kind of scenario. We had like a little studio thing with like a mezzanine floor with a bed and it was so small and like so stuffy and so hot. And I was like, I physically cannot go for a poo because it's literally going to stink. And then he's going to think I'm disgusting. I'm sorry, that is so weird. People do not think you're disgusting for pooing or for burping or anything like that. Every single person does it. You literally have to do it 
to like stay alive. I know it's actually so ridiculous. I feel like girls feel like they can't be like that. I mean, I certainly did. I remember it was like one of the first times quite early on that Nishan was meeting my cousins and stuff. And I can't remember how it came up. But my cousin was like to him, have you heard her burps? Right, okay, and Sean hates burps. He's over it now because I burp all the time, but like he used to hate them, like really with a passion. So I really didn't do it around him. He was like, it's fucking disgusting. And I couldn't do really, really loud burps. And I was like, have you heard them? They're so bad, they're so huge. And Sean was literally looking at me like, what? And I was like, my life's been a lie. I've been hiding myself from you. This is not the real me. I'm really the big burp monster. Honestly, though, there's some crazy things that you used to do. One, like, last thing for me is I used to always wear, like, nice underwear. Mum, like, please just don't listen to this bit. Just switch it off or just skip a little bit. But, yeah, I used to wear nice underwear and I always used to wear, like, matching sets or whatever just so I've just felt better in myself. As time has gone on, I literally just wear whatever I can get my hands on. Like, Antonio will know from, like, doing the washing with me. Like, I honestly <laughs> have the biggest pants like, you will ever see in your whole life. Like, I sometimes purposely buy them, like, two sizes too big just for the comfort levels. I'm not ashamed of it. But, honestly, my effort levels in the underwear section have really, really just gone out the window. It's nice in a way, though, because it is a sign that you're obviously so comfortable. And then that way, when you do make an effort, it's like, they'll appreciate it more, you know? That's so true. Usually, you know, me and my grandma underwear, wow, boom, date night, you know. Exactly. And what do they do? They just pull on any random pair of boxers. And also the other thing is, underwear is so expensive. Nice underwear is so expensive. How can we be expected to always have nice underwear? That's what really enrages me is the price for that stuff. Oh my God, honestly, preach it, sister. I went to buy some stuff off the loungewear um, website the other day. I honestly always see it on Instagram. So I was like, I'm going to check it out. And they had a sale on. So I actually did get some good stuff in the sale. But like a set from there was £65. And I was like, I'm sorry. Why am I expected to buy something for £65 that nobody's even going to see? I know. Like if it's really comfortable and it's good quality and it lasts, like I do get that. I haven't tried the loungewear stuff, so I can't comment. Why well, I do really want to try those um, Fenty underwear. I've had really good things and the price is very affordable. So that's going to be my next purchase. Yes, obviously the longer you're together, the more comfortable you get and you can wear your granny pants but i have also found that the more comfortable you get the more things that you just you know get really irritated about like is there anything that sean does or like just any pet peeves in general that you have with boys that you want to share with the group (laughs) i mean plenty really annoys me when he doesn't wash up his dishes that really annoys me when we were staying together he would put his like lunchtime dishes in the sink I would never wash them up. And I'm like, I do those every single day for you and you continuously put them in, knowing that I'm going to do it for you. You know what I mean? He didn't hoover once. I did the washing up. I did the laundry. You know, shit like that. Um, There was other stuff that he did. I'll, I'll give him that. Also, I get really irritated when I have to repeat myself. So see, if he's asked me about something that I've already said... Like, do you know the story I told you yesterday or story I told you the day before or story I told you the day before, you know, that kind of thing where you have to, like, repeat the same thing. Quite short-tempered when it comes to that. Um, I don't really know what else. Pet peeves in general, I don't really like when people don't have any motivation or when they don't like food or trying food. That's a huge thing for me, actually. 
if you're not willing to try food, then that's a, that's a huge no-go. I could not be with someone that doesn't like food. I honestly feel like you'd really struggle to date 17-year-old me. I literally just date, like, beige foods, like pasta, potatoes. You would hate dating me. Not that we're in a relationship now, but, you know, I would have been terrible for you. Well, I mean, even at uni, I was, like, trying make you like things shove things down your throat you're amazing now obviously um but no i couldn't be doing that also people who don't want to see different countries and just want to go to the same place all the time huge turn off lack of an adventure spirit also a huge turn off probably probably those are my main ones what about you there's some good pet peeves actually i totally resonate with the last one and i definitely want to like explore and travel and stuff so i agree with you on that one um, another one for me, like, just in general, is when people say, like, if you want. Like, you know when you're like, oh, what are you up to tonight? And they're like, oh, nothing. You can come round if you want. And it's like, well, do you want me to come round? Or are you asking me if I want to come round? Because if you want me to come round, then you'll just say, come round, not come round if you want. And honestly, it drives me up the fucking wall. I hate this one. You see this in friendship groups as well. But Sean does this with photos, right? So I'll take loads of photos and I'll take photos of him, nice photos of him. And he'll be like, do you want a photo? I'm like, no, do you want a photo of me on your phone? Which is like that no i don't want you to take a photo of me i want you to want to take a photo of me i hate when he asked me that he asked me that for about a whole year straight and i would just say no every time so he's only got photos of me from the last however long <laughs> no i totally agree with that one as well that's just not a good time take a bloody picture of me show me off have one on your phone don't <laughs> ask me if i want one honestly no i totally agree with you on that one and another one for me is when people eat my food and drink like I'm not annoying about sharing like I will share food with you but if I've ordered something and we're not sharing it and you say can I have a bit that is fine but don't have half of it it really really pisses me off like I always say to Louis oh do you want a sip of this smoothie and he will like suck the straw and drink half of the smoothie and I'm like mate what are you up to that's just cost me four pounds and you've just drank two pounds of it and it was mine I'm sorry that really shouldn't <laughs> give, me the two pounds. give me the two pounds you owe me two quid and half my smoothie spit it back in my mouth no I'm joking but <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that really really gets on my nerves but I think that's probably my main ones to be honest that's not that many no sorry that was so diesel. we were doing some listens back a little bit earlier and i sound so vile so i am really sorry just in the sweet interlude of how rank i sound Antonia, moving on do not apologize right shall we move on to the next section which is going to be how to muddle through relationships our tips and things that we have learned along the way so Antonia, do you want to kick it off and give us a wee tip yeah um my biggest tip would be to try and avoid the relationship falling into rot um i feel like this has been a hard one to avoid over the pandemic and i definitely think that sean and i fell into a rut at some point and we were just kind of doing the same thing going to uni watching tv like nothing new same meals same walks kind of same everything and you kind of then end up worrying is it your relationship that there's something wrong with is it you is it just the times like what is it i feel like you then start overthinking everything and sometimes i think also if you become too comfortable you feel like you don't put as much effort in anymore and there maybe feels like there's not as much excitement um, and then you maybe feel like you need to get out of the relationship and find something else but i think usually it's not really the relationship that's the issue it's kind of more your attitude to it if that makes sense um and i think it is up to you and up to them to kind of shake things up a bit go on an adventure do something different 
get dressed up, make an effort, just make sure that you're planning things that are different all the time and kind of keeping things exciting as well. Um, because boredom and stillness can definitely ruin a relationship, but I do think it's you know up to you to combat it. So that would be my main thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I feel like that kind of thing's a lot easier said than done as well. Like I've definitely been in a rut at some point and you're just like, where's the excitement? But you know, you have to make your own excitement, everybody. And one of my favorite quotes, I've said it before in this podcast before, is the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. So water that little flower of your relationship and it will bloom okay everybody okay <laughs> um my kind of main tip i think would be try not to sweat the little stuff too much um i feel like a lot of people give up on relationships a lot quicker these days maybe that's a bit of a generalization i don't know um but i personally can make such small things like massive things in my head like for example if i'm in a little bit of a bad mood and he drinks half my smoothie i can get in a proper mood about that for like an hour and I do think it's important to just like bring yourself back into check and be like do you know what that's a really small issue this is not worth having a massive ass argument over don't quit straight away work through those small issues can I just say Charlotte is the least argumentative irritable person that I know I am not joking when I say she's a ray of sunshine she's actually a ray of sunshine like sometimes during the day I'd be like we are literally night and day with our attitudes to things so I mean if this is a tip coming from her I really need to take that times 100 um I'm so bad for kind of clinging on to like little negative things and letting them hold over my head and totally overreacting to situations and making them into such a bigger deal than they need to be so this is one that I need to take for sure Antonia, you're so cute. The smile on my face is so big right now, honestly. <laughs> that's really made my evening. For anybody that's interested, I've had a bit of a shit day today and I feel like that's just really made my day. So <laughs> thank you very much for that. Um, but leading on from that one, I do feel like another just like big bold thing to say here is communicate sometimes i like when i'm annoyed i'll just be like oh i'm fine when i know i'm not like that's such a thing everybody does it like oh what's wrong oh i'm fine and then you'll just be arsy for like an hour like what what's the point in that realistically you're so much better just getting things off your chest straight away chatting them through and then it's not going to be a problem in like an hour rather than like waiting it out for four hours for them to ask you again are you all right and then you go wah, 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 and like basically just air out all your problems because what's the point like you've literally just wasted four hours of being grumpy for absolutely no reason communicate it's important yeah i think sometimes we can be so stubborn that you're not going to say on the first time or the second time literally they have to ask you three times and then you just explode usually i'm quite good for saying when i've got an issue but i think my my method of communication could be nicer probably <laughs> <laughs> no antonia don't be so silly um my next tip would be make sure to not break up with your friends obviously it's great to be super close with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and sharing everything with them is so great but one person can't give you everything that you need in life. That's way too much pressure. And I feel like we have so many different types of needs, whether they're emotional needs or friendship needs or adventure or fun. I'm now just listing words, but I hope you understand what I mean. But one person can't give you everything. Like, I feel like with all my closest friends, they all bring something completely different to my life. And I totally value what each one brings to me. And I couldn't get all that from one person. That's why you have different friends, because they are so different. 
And I think kind of closing yourself off to one person is just never healthy. And I feel like also having separate interests and hobbies that you share with other people is also really good for your relationship. It means that you have time apart, you socialize with other people. I mean, you have different things to speak about for one and different things to bring to the table as well. So I definitely feel like no matter how happy your relationship is, time with other people and strong relationships with other people is always a good thing yeah I have actually definitely done that in the past and looking back on it I definitely appreciate the value of those friendships and relationships that I had so I think that's definitely a very good piece of advice Um, and the last piece of advice that we want to give in this little segment is to do with long distance relationships so me and Antonia have both kind of intermittently been doing long distance shiz um and obviously it's different if you live abroad and it's not possible but i would say one thing is if you live in the same country try and see each other like a reasonable amount or like when it's viable in first year of uni for example i saw louis probably too much i think i saw him like every weekend um and i kind of regret that sorry louis no offense um but i did like the complete opposite in second year and then i was like oh like i saw him too much in first year so like i just won't see him that much and i maybe see him like once a month or something and then that almost wasn't enough and i think it strained our relationship so i definitely would say try and find a healthy balance of when to see each other and i would also say that when you do see each other if you live in different places it can get quite intense having someone to come stay with you for like a full weekend you can get quite on top of each other so definitely make sure you plan to do things like go out have a good time maybe even see some friends or something and i do think you will enjoy your time a lot more but i do think long distance is not like a bad thing i feel like a lot of people um see it as a really big negative but my dad has always say distance makes the heart grow fonder and me and louis kind of did it for about five years i mean obviously we didn't do it during the summer and stuff but we're still together so living by example exactly yeah sean and i I guess to long distance over the uni holidays um, and he lives quite far away from me so it was quite hard over the summer to try and find time to see each other but I do feel like when you are apart don't worry about constantly texting because I feel like that becomes a bit of a stress and you're feeling like you should be speaking all the time because you're not seeing each other I feel like it's so much more important to call we usually do like a quick FaceTime call before bed and then if I'm like walking somewhere I'll like phone him or when he's driving home from work, he'll phone me and it will literally be like a five minute conversation. But you feel like you've had a bit of an insight into their day and a wee catch up and it's so much less intense than trying to have conversation over text. And, you know, maybe we're just shit at texting each other. Maybe that's where the issue started initially. Maybe we don't really shite text chat. <laughs> yeah, apparently you and Sean actually just can't text. Like, you guys must just have no chat over text or something. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, you must be doing something right. <laughs> that might be the issue, to be honest. But, no, I'm so much more a caller. Also, if you can, I would try and be organised with dates with seeing each other. I think it's so much harder when you don't know the next time that you're going to see them and it's really sad when you're leaving and it kind of just feels like, will I ever see you again? Um, but if you do have the dates, you can kind of do like a wee countdown and then you're like, okay, I have two two weeks to do my own things, two weeks to have fun with my friends, two weeks to do all the things that I want to do and then we have time together. And I feel like it feels like a more positive experience yes i completely agree with you on that one 
Um, but obviously all relationships don't always work out and we do think it's important to recognise when it is time to leave a relationship. Um, and firstly, I wanted to note that one of the reasons to leave a relationship is when your needs are not being met. So these needs can kind of be anything. They could be emotional needs, wanting to spend more quality time with each other, um, or they can be something more practical, like needing your partner to competently manage money. Um, and if you're consistently trying to communicate that you need something in your relationship to change and the other person is completely ignoring that or fails to make any changes, then it's probably time to consider whether you want that relationship to continue or not. And in the most cases, it's probably not. But I do think it's important to recognise that if your needs aren't being met, then you are allowed to leave that relationship. It's not a selfish thing. Yeah, completely. Also, it's probably time to leave the relationship if you are in it because you feel obligated to stay. Um, so this could be because you still care about them and you're worried that they won't be okay without you. You're worried what kind of headspace they will be in, but ultimately it's worse to stay in a relationship if those are your reasons. Um, at the end of the day, the other person isn't your responsibility. You just need to deal with things in as respectful a way as you can and as kind of way as you can, but you can't live your life for somebody else. Also, when I was doing research for this, I came across a 2016 study which showed that people are more likely to stay in relationships that they have invested a lot of time and money and effort into. So the study was titled, Is There a Sunk Cost Effect in Committed Relationships? Um, so the sunk cost effect occurs when a prior investment of time, money or effort leads to a continuous investment in a failing path of action, even when the logical response would be to stop investing. So that kind of makes sense because we obviously always want to get the most for the investment of our time or our effort or our money. So kind of like when you go out for dinner, I do this all the time. You could be so full but you still want to try as much as you can because you've paid for that meal. Or if you go to the cinema to see a film, which is shite, most people wouldn't get up and leave halfway because you've paid for it. So your decision to stay is influenced by the investment that you have made in going to see that film. And when you think about it, this behaviour is irrational because past investments can't be undone. So only future costs and benefits should influence our decision making. So going back to the cinema analogy, if we could spend our time doing something which we'd enjoy more, so leaving the cinema and going for a walk, that would be better, but instead we stay. Um, and it is this attitude and this thinking which influences the way that we view our relationships. Because obviously in committed relationships, you're making daily investments, long-term investments, so much money, so much effort, so much time goes into that relationship. So you feel like, I can't leave now because I've spent so much time committing to this and trying to make this work, even though it makes you unhappy. And it is a natural way to think. Obviously, this experiment found that this is really common and that thought process applies to your relationships as well. But I guess we just need to learn to be okay with cutting our losses and accept that having made that investment is fine, it didn't work out, and instead be okay with redirecting those energies towards something else that is going to make you feel a lot more happy and don't feel like you need to stay just because you have spent so long in that relationship. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make, actually. If you're more unhappy then you are happy, then I do feel like something's wrong. Um, obviously, all relationships have ups and downs, but if you can't remember seriously the last time you were truly happy and satisfied, then I do think that's a red flag that your relationship is unhealthy. And I do think 
think a lot of people kind of wait around being like, oh, well, like, it'll get better in a month, it'll get better in a month. And then it's been like a year and a half down the line and you're still waiting to have those happy moments again. So I do think if you find yourself being more unhappy than not, then that's probably a sign that your relationship is not the way you want it to be and you might want to think about cutting that off. Um, but obviously whatever the dynamic of your relationship is, leaving one is usually always pretty hard, especially if you do feel like you're still in love with them, but it's just not working or it doesn't have a future or anything like that. But if you do feel like that's the right thing to do, then I hope you remember that everything will eventually be okay. Absolutely. And today we're going to switch things up a bit. And instead of the things we're loving segment, we are going to give you some interesting facts about love and relationships. So first fact is John Gottman, PhD relationship expert, found that for every unhappy encounter we have in a relationship, we need five happy ones for it to continue flourishing. He calls this the magic five one ratio. And my next fact is an even share of the household chores is the third most important factor for a successful marriage following fidelity and good sex. And I would really vouch for that one as it is, you know, my pet peeve. Charlotte? The good sex or the, the household chores, Antonia Holligan? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, my two interesting facts are that more sex isn't always tied directly to a better relationship, but the happiest couples have sex once a week. So that's quite interesting. And my second one is the sensation of butterflies in your stomach when you fall in love is actually real. And it's caused by rushes of adrenaline, which is just super bloody cute, to be honest with you. So there are interesting facts this week. We hope that you enjoyed them and you've not missed the things that we're loving too much, but I'm sure we'll be back that very, very soon. And that basically takes us on to the last section of our podcast. Yep. So, Charlotte, give us the cheesy quote. This week's cheesy quote for all the lovers out there is really super (laughs) cheesy, so we do apologise a little bit. But it is, when two givers indulge in connection, it's like magic. It's alchemy. I water you, you water me, we never drain each other, we just grow. And I just think that's a really lovely, cheesy quote to end on this week. So we hope you all have enjoyed this episode, learning a little bit about love and relationships from your two love gurus. And we (laughs) hope to see you again next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Woohoo.